Welcome to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. What's happening, hot stuff? I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. That's right. It's the moment you've been waiting for. Oh, James, look at the butt on that. Yeah. He must work out. Time to stop worrying about your weight. Stop thinking about your jackass of a boss. And get ready to win with the Fat Jack. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. Nobody can hang with my stuff. It's a big, hairy American winning machine. If you play the games against the spread, this is the most important hour of your day. So sit back, grab some Funyuns, and get ready to win. And now, here he is, along with the Fat Jack Dancers, the number one sports consultant in America, the Fat Jack. Hello and welcome to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, the Fat Jack. The weekend is here. I'm actually your co-host for the show is Mr. Brandon Rush from Louisville, Kentucky. Also, uh, your host for this show, getting you ready for the weekend. It's the NFL kickoffs weekend. We're into profit. Everything won last Saturday. Are you betting the games? Let's stop missing out all that general information and much, much more coming your way. We're going to talk about college and the NFL some of the uh, the cities around the country, super excited, happy, and ready to go this week. And let me bring in Brandon before I get into that. Mr. Brandon Rush, how are you, buddy? I am well. Uh, first of all, apologies to Deion Sanders and the entire Colorado Buffaloes. I undersold you, as did a lot of people, I think, in week one. Um, that was a heck of a show. But we're going to find out this week if it was a fluke or if TCU in 2022 was a fluke. Yeah, because I mean, let, there's a huge just... overreaction on the table. Yeah, let's just hold the phone on apologies, on <laughs> reset. Let's just let's just wait a minute. Let's just fair, skip a fair. beat. Um, first of all, before we get into that, go to fatjacksports.com. Get signed up if you're betting the games. You're going to any one of the many places around the country that have legalized sports gambling. Or if you're going to be betting the games, get signed up today. Plays are texted to your cell phone. They're emailed to you. Everybody gets the same plays, and they're posted and documented at fatjacksports.com. Under the results tab, you go there from last week. You'll see on Saturday we won in every single sport. Football won, a small profit. Free baseball won. UFC went 4-1. and won. Everything won. We're heading deeper into profit as we head into this opening week of the NFL season. If you missed last week, please don't miss this week. It's not too early. I'm not going to shame and blame. It's early. It's Labor Day weekend last week. A lot of going on. I understand it. But don't, don't sit around and miss consistent winning weeks over the month of September. And then October, you call up and say, hey, boy, I better get back on track. Call the Fat Jack to get me going uh, because he's been winning for a month. All right, I want you to win all that money during the month of September. And it started last week, actually started in the preseason, continued last week, and is going to continue during this opening week of the NFL season. Uh, so go to fatjacksports.com, get signed up. Weekend packages all the way through the NBA Finals packages and everywhere in between. The longer packages save you a ton of money. Yeah, now let's get to the review of last week. Obviously, we start with Colorado and TCU. Um, what an amazing phenomenon. By the way, I, I should say, during last week's show, I was in uh, Beaver Creek, Colorado. Actually, uh, Bachelor Gulch, which is um, right outside Beaver Creek, Colorado. And... You could literally, Brandon, see people jumping on the bandwagon as the game was going on. Right. I mean, they were basically running into the gift stores up here in this little <laughs> town, grabbing CU Buff stuff. So by halftime, they would at least be able to say, you know what, I've been on them since the beginning. Um, yeah. 
what an amazing start for Dion. What an amazing and, and from a, a a overall standpoint, what an amazing uh the, the message that goes out there and that, that Colorado is sending. On the one hand, believe in us, we can turn around quick. We saw it last week you were with TCU. You can do this. It can. It, it could be possible. It is possible that the Colorado Buffaloes are going to end up in the playoff. It is possible because we saw that this is not this would not be the first time this happened. A team going from literally nothing to everything. And under the magnifying of Dion and what he brings to this equation, uh, it's an amazing story. And they did play really well against a team that clearly couldn't play defense. Now, we'll see. Maybe they'll score 60 a game. But clearly, TCU couldn't play defense. They are very equipped offensively. And we really don't know what TCU is, as you alluded to. All that's true. The, but that story of we can take a lesser athlete that was under overlooked in high school and went to a you know a smaller school, and then we moved him into the big time, and he immediately started shining. They've got a number of great feel-good stories on this team. Totally get it. The other side of that 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 worries me or bothers me or what is that every little league idiot dad in the country who has a kid is going to decide his kid now definitely needs to be playing quarterback. Because I I don't like the fact when a coach, you know, we're seeing a little bit of this in Stillwater also, Oklahoma. I mean, when the the odds are, and by the way, I will preface this with the message. Let me send a message out to all you little league dads out there. If you're coaching a little league team and you are under the eighth, under the seventh grade, your kid should not be playing quarterback. I'll tell you right now, because you have a bias toward that position. You have a bias toward your son. And just because you were a, a serviceable left guard at a 3A school that your team barely made the playoffs when you were a senior in high school, but you would have been better had you been playing. All of that doesn't mean that your kid's going to be any better than you. The asterisk that goes with Deion's son and actually Mike Gundy's son are that they are Deion Sanders and Mike Gundy. So there's right. more of a chance that their kids should be in those positions than your son. So I don't think – I, I want to just throw it out there to literally coaches around the country. Don't play your kid a quarterback if you're the coach because that's, that's selfish, it's arrogant, and it's punishing other kids. Let somebody else coach your kid. If your kid's that good, he'll be a quarterback anyway. So Especially if they're, if they're running the option. What are you, what are you doing? Exactly. So come on, let's first of all, let's not make this a message about, and there are coaches, literally coaches out there everywhere that are doing that. But let's also look at the fact that this is Deion Sanders' son, Mike Gundy's son. But if you're that, that worries me from that standpoint. The other one is, is this is a great opportunity, and we're going to talk about that going forward. The great opportunity to make a lot of money on an overreaction spot. Now, I'm not saying this is it, because Nebraska looked like an absolute train wreck. Oof. In their first game, they they continued that we're going to grab the the we're going to grab defeat from the jaws of victory mentality that they had under Scott Frost and, and frankly for the last seven or eight years. So I would worry a ton about them going into Folsom Field that is now absolutely sold out. The cheapest way you can get into Colorado Stadium right now is about four hundred bucks for a ticket. Wow! You could have literally played if you had signed up last week. You could have you bought season gone, tickets for $400 last year. You, yeah, last weekend you could have bought everything and set 50-yard line. Now the cheapest – you have $15,000. You want to set 50-yard line on the front row for the game against Nebraska on Saturday, $15,000 on uh, Ticketmaster. So this things have changed. That is the definition of an overreaction. We're going to talk about that game a little bit later in the show. But, Brent, I do want to get your thoughts not only on that game but on week one of college football overall. Well, I think for the most part, there the good news is there wasn't a, a massive upset. So the teams that were supposed to win absolutely did. LSU-Florida State was a great game until it wasn't. 
Um, but all in all, you know, hey, everybody came through healthy, it seemed. There wasn't uh, any any major shakeups, but a lot of things confirmed that we that we thought we knew going in for pretty much every every team across the board. There were some big name teams that the general public was was hammering that really underperformed. Uh, so from a betting aspect, there was uh, there were some very deep pockets that 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 uh, got got padded by the because the sports books, I mean, I think raked in some money because of those those big name teams that that just didn't um, didn't produce in week one. Yeah, overall, you overall the sports books might have even lost a little. It'll be interesting to see what their numbers were. But you, what you're saying is absolutely correct. It was a very interesting week for the general public, and so we'll have people out there that won that are that don't know what they're doing, but still won uh, the most bet on money line play of the entire day or weekend was Colorado, and they were eight to one. And so some of the sports books got abs- not just in Colorado nationwide, right. uh, people buying into the Dion show getting that number at eight to one and hammered the sports book. So a bad start for them overall. The other also the most five lopsided bet games, at least with the MGM and some other books uh, where the most money was bet were uh, Tennessee, Washington, Alabama, Wisconsin, and Penn state. Those are the top five with all of those having over 70% and Tennessee and Washington have over 80%. Those games went four and one. Mm. So the general public, good start for them in those type of spots. But to what you're saying, you had the top three teams in the country. So if you're just one of those guys that looks at the team and doesn't understand the lines, and you looked at Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, those none of those three teams covered. In fact, the tw- top 25 overall in week one were 14-7 and seven against the spread. So they were 20-1 and one straight up. So they won, but they were 14-7 and seven against the spread. So did really well in the top 25, but at that top tier numbers, which is what you're talking about, uh, 0-3 down past the, the top three, um, and, and got a little bit better after that. Overall, when the dust settles, the general public did about as well as they're going to do, uh, considering it was an opening week and most of them were just guessing. Uh, and I would think to, a lot of those a lot of those same people are going to turn around and give a lot of that profit back in week one of the NFL. Oh, they had, they, well, th- and that's, that's the message here, Brandon, is that if you won a lot in week one – by the way, the, one of the things that makes – I don't want to sprain my arm this early in the season because we're not retiring. But one of the things that has made me so good at this over the last 27 years is that when the the sports books win, I win a lot. When the general public wins, I figure out how to win a little. And because most of the time the sports books are going to win. So I when I, they win, I win a ton. But what I've also been able to figure out how to do is stay away from these spots where um the sports books, and by the way, that would this a classic example of that this week is this Colorado Nebraska game. If Colorado wins, the sports books are going to get hammered. If the if Nebraska wins, the sports books are going to win a lot of money on that game. We will probably stay away from that game entirely. Now that may change between now and Saturday, but I've been able to identify games uh, in some of these weeks where the general public might be right, but that gambling philosophy, that a way to attack the games, is a losing one long term. And so we, we had a small win on a week where the general public did well. Just to wrap, put a bow on last week, you know, if you listen to this show or you listen to any of the hits around the country that I'm on, you also got a lot of real valuable information. The one narrative I was pushing last week all over the country and here, home favorites of 30 points or more in their first game against FBS opponents. You remember us talking about this, right, Brandon? Yep. So since 2014 – Home favorites in game one of 30 points or more playing FBS opponents have covered 72% of the time. And then I went so far as to list the teams that were in that. 
you know, Central Oklahoma, Florida. Texas, A&M, uh, USC. Central Florida, Michigan, yep. OU, USC, as you said, Alabama, Auburn, um, on and on and on and on. The majority of those covered. Yep. The vast majority of those covered. And so if you listen to that, and then I also uh, told you to be leery of just betting favorites. Teams like Texas Tech were in that just favorites, but not over 30 or more. Um, NC State was in that, both of those losers. Uh, Oregon State was in that, uh, and they won and covered. By the way, they're an interesting story, by the way, if you watch that game on Sunday. Uh, but the quarterback from Clemson really looked good. They looked really strong uh, offensively against what I think is a pretty good defensive team in San Jose State. So He, he uh, looked dramatically better than he did uh, in his first year in Corvallis, and I feel like he's playing at the, sort of the level he was at when he was at Clemson. Yeah, you just wonder what um, – why that is, you know, what exactly, uh, ch- sometimes change of scenery does a lot for some of sure. these players. So fatjacksports.com, um, time to get signed up less than about 60 bucks a week when you sign up for the season. Of course you can get the weekend package as well. Uh, Brandon, want to go to, to NCAA week two, or let's kick off the NFL season with some different information. What, what's got you going? This hey, the, the NFL is, is King uh, across the sports calendar and the fact that it is finally here, I think deserves a little bit of attention, uh, especially for, for week one is because we've, it's been a long time. It feels like it's been forever since we were in Vegas for the Super Bowl for uh, for Chiefs Eagles, and uh, very excited for Week One of the NFL. Overdosing on on game day food and collecting tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, what a good day that was. Yes. Um, and now we're back. So let's get it going. Let's uh, let's let's get the season off to a good start. Um, like I did with college football, I think it's important to give away some general information. People driving to Kansas if you're in Oklahoma or driving to Colorado if you're in Utah or driving to Vegas from California, all the different markets around the country, they're getting this show. Just some general information that will not lead you astray as far as the NFL season uh, is concerned. Week one and week two in the NFL season, since 2018, favorites, excuse me, underdogs, underdogs of one to five points are 55, 31, and 2 against the spread. That's 64%. So over 6 out of 10 times in week 1 and week 2, underdogs of 1 to 5 points since 2018 have covered the number about 6 out of 10 times. Road underdogs, overall, doesn't matter what the number is, they're giving, they're getting 20 or they're getting 1 on the road in week 1 or week 2 of the NFL season, 56, 35, and 2. That's 61% wow. against the spread. For just road underdogs in general, uh, flip it over. If you're playing favorites this week and next week, understand that it is, it is, as it relates to recent history, you're trying to hit a 4 out of 10 situation. Now, that may not happen this year and this week, but it's good to know what history, at least recent history, has done. And there's some reasons for this. We'll talk about those in a second. Underdogs overall, all right, not road underdogs, but just underdogs overall, all right, they're hitting about 60% since 2018, 59%. Um, underdogs of one to two and a half points. So really, really close games, but you're getting a couple of points. Um, and these are overall. So think teams like, um, oh, who would it be? The Jets would Mm. be one in that category. Um, you get to three, you got a bunch of them. The Packers are in that category. Uh, the Steelers are in that category. One to two and a half points, uh, underdogs are 66% covering against the spread in weeks one through three. So this trend, not only for this week, but will continue for the next two weeks. Think underdog first, not saying you have to bet them all, but think underdog first and then 
find your find your teams or go to fatjacksports.com and you don't even have to do that. Brandon, why do you think it is that underdogs do so well early in the year? Part of it is going to be overvaluing of, of favorites. Um, you get a, a number of teams that had success uh, a year ago. And, and I think sometimes sports books understand that, you know, Hey, the, the public's going to come in on teams that went into the playoffs or went deep into the playoffs a year ago. And they just simply have, uh, you know, they, they kind of roll out their helmet a bit and say, hey, we, we are a team that made the playoffs last year. We're the New York Giants. We're going to we're we're a good team. We've got we're healthy. We've got all this going for us. We should do fine. And then underdogs come in there and and are able to hold their own. Also, it's very hard to win in this league. Yeah. So the number one reason and you're right, it is a lot of that. A lot of parity in the league and a lot. But the number one reason. Is Brand? How many people do you know? And you, I, you may not be a good example. You might be okay. You, you've got a state that did legalize it recently. How many friend, How many guys do you know that did not gamble on sports five years ago, but do now? Uh, I would say f- uh, probably half of the, of the people I know that that currently bet sports didn't four to five years ago. Sure. That's right. So that's a good that's a good number. So if you do look at that nationwide. And the, the studies will tell you it's a huge, huge percentage of people that are betting on sports now that weren't five years ago. All of those guys are guessing mm-hmm. as it relates to the number. Not guessing on teams, but as it relates to the number. So what they're going to do, and so all of this new money, all those people have jobs. You have a job. Everybody has a job. They have that money. That new money is going to come into the casinos. They, they, so when they're betting these games, they're going to watch ESPN. They're going to listen to the radio. They're going to do those things. And they are going to – Pick the teams they're going to put their money on based on general information that everybody has. When you when this show's over, there's going to be a pregame show on in most of the country or an evening show, and they're going to talk about general information that everybody has, injury reports, weather situations, who played well last week, who didn't play. That's what they're going to place their money on. That is going to create – and they, they pretend that the people setting the lines don't have television sets. <laughs> they don't watch TV. They don't have this information. So if you're betting money, and most of you are – on information that you are getting from ESPN and from talk show hosts that make 50k a year and, and uh, you know and get throw out in opinions that they're not betting a game on betting a dollar on, then you're just following what is losing advice on a general basis. Not every game, not every week, but on a general basis, you're following losing advice. That is going to create value with the worst teams as it relates to the number, which is all we care about. So you're going to walk up as a general fan who listens to radio or watch TV, and you're going to bet. Um, you're going to bet against uh, uh, Arizona for sure because Arizona's been tanking. They, they they want Caleb Williams, so you cannot possibly bet this. So you're going to bet Washington, all right? And you're going to lay the seven, and you're going to definitely bet teams like um, the Eagles for sure. You're going to bet teams like the Cowboys because you love the Cowboys or America's team. You're going to bet the Buffalo Bills, all those teams. And and when you do that, when you're doing it based on no information other than what you're hearing on the radio, you are creating value with the underdog because the number is getting further and further away from the reality of what should happen. Not every game. We still have in-game turnovers, in-game injuries, and things that are out of everybody's control. But as a general rule, the reason you lose as a general public and I win as a sharp player is that I start my handicapping at the information that everybody knows. You are finishing it at that point. And I'm and what happened last week, you're valuing 85%. I'm valuing about 10%. So that's in a nutshell the difference, and that's why underdogs do so well early. These numbers do settle as we get into the month of October. 
But uh, just something to think about if you're going to go about it alone um, is look underdogs first over the first two or three weeks and then go from there. Fatjacksports.com. Get signed up today and start winning. Um, little is about 70 bucks a week. The players are texting your cell phone and email to you. Uh, preseason favorites in, in games in the NFL, Brandon. Uh, any, any guess on who the top four teams that, that are the preseason numbers? You can get numbers on every single game that each of these teams will play. Kansas City and uh, Dallas and the Giants. Every, every team. Who's favored in the most games if all of those games took place this weekend? Any idea? I would think Kansas City uh, would, would be one. Uh, would not shock me to see uh, Buffalo and Philly actually flip those, Philly and then Buffalo uh, being two and three, and then maybe a, uh, an up-and-coming team like a, uh, like a Jacksonville maybe at four just because they play in a crap division. Yeah, so you you had a lot of it's, it's the usual cast of characters. Typically speaking, Kansas City's favored in all seventeen games if they were to take place right now. San Francisco mm. is favored in sixteen games. Cincinnati and Philadelphia, and that was this was before uh, Joe Burrow's Burrow. yeah any yeah. In, any uh, injury information. So that number's probably come down, but definitely Philadelphia and Cincinnati is still favored over Cleveland this week. Um, so maybe that. It's similar right now. Uh, New Orleans is next at 14, Buffalo 13, and then the Chargers in Dallas. They preseason are favored in 12 of their 17, uh, 12 of their 17 games. So that that gives you an idea. Uh, who do you think is the favorite in the least, of, the least amount of games preseason? Uh, Arizona, for sure. Arizona um, with none. I did see that there were uh, sports books that were offering Arizona to go winless. Um this season, which is not a good indication. Um, other other terrible teams. Indianapolis is probably on that list because they're starting a rookie quarterback and they weren't great and they don't have their Three best games. running back. Yep. Um, let's see other other tra- crap teams. Uh, Tampa Bay, I would bet, is probably pretty pretty high on on that list. One game, they are favored in one game preseason. Washington in two games, including week week one. In week one, yeah, against Arizona. Uh, the Texans and New England, also with only three preseason. Now, why do I point this out? Because I promise you, by the time we get to the end of the year, uh, the, the five or six, seven teams I list as being favored in that many games, a couple of those will be favored in many more, many fewer games than mm-hmm. that. And these teams that are not favored in any games, and I, I would tell you one, New England's absolutely going to be favored more than three games this year. I just absolutely, know. because they're, they're a team I think that's getting a, a bit overlooked. Granted, a lot of it's self-inflicted because of their quarterback play and their coaching decisions. Uh, but I, I, would, I would think that from that first list of teams that are favored in most games, New Orleans is probably going to be under. And then you're right, New England probably going to be over them. And you get a couple of injuries, and they're going to drop immediately. Also, yep. interesting note, uh, for we have lots of listeners up in Milwaukee and in, in the state of Wisconsin. Green Bay only favored twice. In the in the the first uh, thirteen games or so, wow, which is fewer that yeah, which is fewer than they've ever been. I mean, in, in a long, long time, Green Bay typically favored a bunch, uh, but they are not favored that many times. Only twice in the first uh, half of the season or so. So mm. low expectations, but again, this does not mean this is what's going to happen. You're listening to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. Call one eight hundred two nine eight one three eight three. 
or the simplest thing. Log on to FatJackSports.com and get ready to win. Hey, this is the Fat Jack, and the NFL kicks off this week. Did you bet on the games last week? How did you do? My clients and I won in every sport last Saturday. Free baseball, UFC, and of course football, all making money for myself and my clients. Go to FatJackSports.com before the NFL season gets underway and make money with quality selections. Text your cell phone or email to you that will get you into profit this weekend. Discipline and consistent winning selections will turn a profit for you. Go to FatJackSports.com to win. Welcome back to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. And now here is our host, our Sherpa, guiding us up Profit Mountain. He is the Fat Jack. Thank you, Brandon, so much. Fat Jack Sports Hour. Segment number two, big, big weekend. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. You're ready for this week. By the way, I just got a stupid email. Oh, boy. People are just, I just don't understand people. I so we sent out, I sent out a, 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 a email this morning that said, we won in every sport on Saturday. NCAA football, bases, and UFC all make money. All right. Did, did I say we went undefeated on Saturday? Absolutely not. Because I, I think some people can't read. How about the Iowa over 43 on Saturday that lost? It was the email I got. Re- guys, you don't have to guess how we're doing. Go to the fa- go to the look under the results tab. Look at results. You'll see every game that's there, including the Iowa total that lost, and you'll also see all the games that won. We're turning a profit on the week. We're turn- this guy's a losing game. I, I don't know what to I can't make a person read correctly. I I, I don't understand what people see that they then you know, decide to not only take the information, but but press reply and send an email to somebody who's only going to get mad or delete it. So I don't understand. Fatjacksports.com. Um, Brent, anything else on the NFL? I had one more thing before we move to college football. You got anything else on this week uh, that you're looking forward to? What game are you most excited about? Uh, in the NFL, probably the, the um, I mean, Giants-Cowboys is going to be pro- uh, one of the more intriguing games uh Cowboys or excuse me uh Bengals Browns is going to be fun but I'm excited to see what Bears Packers looks like I was that's the one I was going to go to that's an interesting I, one for me too I have a stat for you on on the Bears specifically on the first drives of of the game uh every week and the something that I'm going to be looking for uh in week one on Sunday against Green Bay uh, last year, Chicago Bears scored on 70.6 of their opening drives. Number one team in the NFL in terms of scoring on the opening drive. The next closest teams were Philadelphia, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and the Raiders were at 58.8%. Every drive after that opening drive, the Bears ranked 23rd in points per drive and uh, were 30th in yards per drive. So apparently they can put together a heck of a game plan and can't do anything after that. So that might be something to look at, you know, maybe in in, in an early game um, or or an in game bets, uh, maybe even a first quarter bet that the the Bears scored a touchdown on seventy point six percent of their of their drives a year ago. Yeah, and we always talk about and this would be uh, if you're having a drinking game at home on on how long it took us to say uh, mitigate toward the mean. Um, <laughs> it took as long this year as it has ever. Yes, but. But yeah, I mean, you would expect that number to come down a little bit, a bit for sure. But you're right. I mean, that that trend, uh, and we talked about this with Tennessee, the Vols last week, mm-hmm. and that their early start. You, there's the ways to take advantage of that. Just because I'm not releasing those plays doesn't mean there's not value in that. But them scoring a bunch of points early, 
uh, getting out to a big lead. They didn't do, necessarily do that this week. It took longer to get, to get them going this last week. Mm-hmm. But that, generally speaking, until further notice, is not a bad way to approach things. And to your point, the Bears last last time we saw them last year were able to put together a game plan. But then as other coaches adjusted to that game plan, they struggled, and everybody knows what happened to their year. Um, Green Bay, this is a great one because you have Aaron Rodgers that's gone. Yep. You have the evolution of the quarterback play in Chicago and the coaching staff for that matter. So they should be better. Um, Green Bay's covered five in a row against the Bears um, and also beaten the Bears five times in a row. But, of course, Aaron Rodgers was wearing a Packers jersey at that time. Uh, points have been going over with the Bears. This is o- opposite of what you t- generally – think of when you think of the Chicago Bears, but eight of the last 11 games have gone over and seven of the last 10 have gone over when they play Green Bay at home. So when when you show up at Soldier Field, a lot more points have been going out of, of both teams. They've been giving up more points and scoring. So um, general public, generally speaking, early in the year, general public likes overs and they like favorites. So I'm not sure that you would get a lot of value playing, um, you know, uh, over or following that trend in week one, but there will be some po- spots later in the year, especially with the Bears, if they keep this up where the weather will turn a little bit. You know, all these numbers, they factor in the weather. So as the weather turns, it gets colder and windy and all that, general public will, will trend to say under on those type of spots in the Bears if they don't produce a lot early in the year, and we'll be able to take advantage of that going forward. Last thing on the NFL before we turn to college, um, Super Bowl winners and Super Bowl losers in week one since 2003. So this is a big sample size. Last 20 years. Super Bowl winners over that time period, 16-4 and four straight up, 13-5 and 2 against the spread. Super Bowl losers, 3-15 and 2 against the spread in week one of the next year. So just a little bit of information. So if you're one of those out there that you think Philly's going to pick up where they left off, be careful, at least here in week one, as as the Super Bowl losers have not fared well. There was a trend for about nine or ten years, and we talked about it a lot. Uh, and it's, it's kind of reversed since that time. But uh, you know, five, six years ago, the previous ten years before that, Super Bowl losers weren't making the playoffs at a clip of about 85%. And it, to be honest with you, it's, it's not too far um, to, to think that, you know, especially over the last few years that the reason teams made the playoffs is because they got hot at the right time. It wasn't a, a, a team that was good all year. Philly will probably break that uh, just because they were so good in 2022. But yeah, that's, that's a staggering number that has kind of fallen off a bit of late. And I, I don't expect Philly to miss the playoffs this year, but if something happens to Jalen hurts, they could easily be uh six and 11 and, and, and maybe be on the clock, you know, come, come November. And a super competitive division. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's not a division you can just throw your helmet on the field and win a bunch of games. No one's um, won that division in back-to-back seasons in two decades. Exactly. So, I mean, it becomes a really difficult chore to either win your division or be relevant, or, or if you're not going to win your division, you've got to win every other game. So it's not the it's not the longest shot in the world to think that they might not uh, make the playoffs. But, yeah, just an interesting trend as we head into week one. And my free winner of the the, the segment, which will give away one in college, one in the NFL, um, free winner number one is going to be Green Bay. Excuse, uh, sorry, it's not going to be Green Bay. Scratch that. It's going to be New England. I don't even know why I said Green Bay. It's going to be New England uh, plus the points against Philadelphia. Um, I, I do think that New England is going to – I love the, the underdog trend. This is kind of the poster child game of that, of getting an underdog – that 
you know, had underachieved a little bit. You got a bunch of people with their jobs on the line up there in, in uh, New England. And, and I don't think that uh, Belichick forgot how to coach. And so I do think that they are, uh, they're, they're primed, especially at home to at least keep this game within in a field goal. So they're getting three and a half right now, probably upside of four, maybe four and a half by game time. So the New England Patriots, your first free winner of the NFL season here on the Fat Jack Sports Hour. Uh, FatJackSports.com, get signed up today. Weekend packages all the way through the NBA Finals. If you want to go that long, I have three elite spots left for the year. Those are extra plays, lower-rated plays. If you want information on that, if you play more than $300 a game or like to play more than just the top selections, Go to the website, click on the package tab, scroll all the way to the bottom, and read about that on what you get there. But most importantly, don't miss this weekend. It, it's less than less than hundred bucks a week, even through the end of the month. It's less than hundred bucks a week. You can get through the end of September for four hundred bucks. There's four full weekends left. Um, that's hundred bucks a week. So that'll get you into profit by the end of September and have you heading into October uh, into profit, where most of you that don't sign up are not going to be there. You're going to have lost early and then have to play catch up. So go to fatjacksports.com, sign up today, and win this season betting the games. Alabama and Texas, obviously the game of the week, but there's some other fun ones in the uh, in the mix this week. Yeah, before we turn the page, because I'm not sure this is going to continue, we should note that the Pac-12 was undefeated <laughs> in week one. It's amazing that given everything that the Pac-12 is 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 going through, you know, disbanding pretty much. And, and really when it's all said and done, there's only going to be two teams in the PAC 12 currently that aren't going to other conferences next year. The fact that they came out swinging in week one, it has to feel kind of deflating for the, for the PAC 12 overall. Yeah. I just, I, the PAC, the PAC 12 leadership is the, uh, the absolute manual in how not to lead a conference. I mean, they basically, this whole thing has gone to, heck in a handbasket and they had an opportunity not that long ago to have a bolstered conference with a couple more teams and then oh by the way an undefeated week one well and these I mean, things are cyclical i mean the the sec isn't going to run things forever they haven't run things forever you know for a while it was the big 10 for the while it's it was it was the pac-12 they you know and granted one week is is not an indication of of future results but it kind of feels as if that is as a conference as a whole trending upwards just in time for it to be imploded. Yeah, which, you know, sometimes that happens, I guess, Brandon. Yeah. But you're right. That, a good start for them. Uh, the rest of the conference, uh, was there a team that you, you walked away from last week before we turned to this week because we have, uh, and, and said, you know what, that team's a lot better than I thought? In the Pac-12 or overall? Yeah, overall, just overall, besides Colorado. Uh, yeah, yeah, Colorado. They uh, they definitely did, did their thing. Um, I was impressed with Florida State. I mean, getting granted a, a neutral site win – um, against a team that I think a lot of people were um, were were high on coming into the year, that was a solid win for them, and and the way that they that they beat LSU uh, was was very impressive. I thought. Yeah. What about Oklahoma? What'd you make of them? Seventy three to nothing. Game never in doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to 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 tell. We're going to learn a lot about Oklahoma this week against SMU. Um, that said, I mean they're what, 18, 19 point favorites, but they absolutely outclassed Arkansas State. And the tempo from which they played with, I, I thought was very good, especially early in that game. We'll we'll see if it, if it holds up, but at least for for one week, it was it was nice to just have a, a nice breather. If you're in Oklahoma, Arkansas State should have stayed on the bus. I mean, Butch Jones was crying on the sideline at one point. They, yeah, that that um, 
that performance, they literally should not have taken the bus over. It was it was so bad. They have so many things to get better at. So if I'm an OU fan, I'm going to hold my – obviously, they were efficient and effective and executed against uh, air. Yes. Which is basically what, what they played against. But that's better than not executing against air. And so and, – and defensively, they did everything that you would hope they would do. I will say there were Arkansas State players running wide open. They just couldn't get them the ball. So I, I'm – we're going to find a well, – well, I think this week we're going to find a little more out about the defense. Yes, um, for sure. I think Oklahoma's going to score, and I think everybody kind of knows they're going to score. But uh, defensively, what's this team going to do, and and are they going to be able to stop somebody that's at least a little bit competent on offense? And so it is. It's a, it's a good schedule for a team. And we've talked about the 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 softness of the schedule all you know all during the offseason if you're in the middle of the country. Um, but you definitely – it's a good schedule for a team that needs to build mo- uh, confidence, build some momentum before they get into the pa- to the, the conference play. And I will tell you, the conference did not look great either. I thought that was a good sign if you're an OU fan uh, from a conference standpoint in that, 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 that a lot of the teams did not look good. Texas Tech went and lost to Wyoming. Uh, a number of other teams struggled. Oklahoma State was nothing. They got three quarterbacks. I guess that's a new thing. Let's play all three kids. Um, so I think they probably have no quarterbacks right now. Yeah, that's the old saying. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you have three, you have minus one. Like how many, how many quarterbacks does it take to, to win a game? Yeah. Uh, three is too many. I know that. So, uh, this week, yeah, Oklahoma hosting, uh, SMU, uh, SMU plays pretty good defense. So we'll see they, four of their last five games have gone under the total, um, under seven of their last nine games on the road. Oklahoma 18 and three straight up their last 21 at home. They don't lose a lot in Oklahoma. So as, as nervous as the uh, fans in that part of the country have been, this team doesn't lose a lot there. Only three of their last 21 games, which for a lot of the fans, that's still too many. Um, and Oklahoma's total's gone over four of the last six. That's not surprising uh, because you've got a, uh, you know an Oklahoma team that not played very good defense at all and offensively has been – more than competent for you know the last few years. So yeah. um, a, lot, game, a lot of players that were recruited by uh, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. So that yeah. that is a good enough reason for that total to be to go over. Exactly. You want to take a break and then come back and talk about um, Texas and uh, Alabama, or you want to do it now? Yeah, let's go to a break and then yeah, because Alabama and Texas obviously was a, a marquee game a year ago when they met in in Austin. This time in Tuscaloosa. If it's not if for for Texas, if not now, when? And I don't think it's now. They would tell you next year. <laughs> you, not now, next 100% year. Thousand correct. Thousand percent correct. It wouldn't even take the next year. It'd literally be December twentieth or so, or you know February second. I mean, this is the year. This is it. We look at the recruits we're bringing in. You're listening to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. Call one eight hundred two nine eight one three eight three, or the simplest thing: log on to fatjacksports.com and get ready to win. Hey, it's Brandon Rush from the Fat Jack Sports Service. If you want to stay in touch with everything related to the Fat Jack, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it. We are there at Fat Jack Sports. You can also watch the Fat Jack Sports Hour on YouTube every weekend. Plus, see funny clips from the show, see Jack's appearances on the nationally syndicated TV show, Beat the Odds. Stay connected to the Fat Jack at Fat Jack Sports on all the socials and on YouTube. Welcome back to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. And for the final time today, here is our host kicking off week one of the NFL in style. He is the Fat Jack. 
Thank you, Brandon, so much. Fat Jack Sports, our segment number three, getting you ready for the weekend. The NFL season is here. Just feels whole, right? We feel whole again now that we've got uh, not only week zero, which is a horrible name, uh, week one, Labor Day. Now we've got all of it, all the way through Monday night. Uh, we're getting the rhythm and start really building that profit, which is so nice. Because one thing I've done better at over the years, Brandon, is not pressing when I don't have to. Uh, having confidence, being able to understand there are going to be people who sign up for the weekend that don't like it when you only have six or seven plays over the weekend when there's no NFL football. Do you feel um, pressure uh, to, to, to not only maybe put out more picks, but, but also in, in, while you're handicapping these games to be like, man, I really got to come out of the gates firing or, or is it just old hat now that you've been doing it for 20 plus 25 plus years that the, that doesn't even phase you anymore. I, I'm only concerned about what my number is in the second week of February. So if I go 0 and 5 last week or 0 and 6, I would it, obviously it's worse than going 5 and 0 or 6 and 0. Sure. But if you say Jack, okay, at the end of the year, you're going to go 5 and 0 in week 1, but you're going to lose 10 games or you're going to win 20 games, whatever, pick whatever number. Or you can win, go 5 and 0 the first week and you're going to or go 0 and 5 the first week, but you'll make more by the end of the year. Then I will always choose to take the heat early to handle the – because it's a client-based. It's not a money-based thing for me. I'm betting the games myself, so I, I'm looking for long-term success. Do I want a guy that signs up for the first time ever over Labor Day weekend to make a lot of money so that he'll – his his uh, I'm going to see how the old boy does mentality. So that pays off for him, so it'll allow him to make a better decision to sign up for the next week and going forward and save money with a longer package. Absolutely. I want him to win. Not only does he, it will, will keep him from sending out stupid emails or saying stupid things or just basically walking away from the service and saying, that's horrible, that didn't work, <laughs> which is not accurate. It just didn't work that day or that weekend for him. But it doesn't. that's not a reflection. One week is not a reflection on what a, a seasonal client is going to get or certainly a 26-year client is going to get. And so I'm more interested in long-term success. And, and to your point, to, for a week, a week or so, no. I, a lot of this is about over the first two or three weeks, Brandon, are retraining losing gamblers into thinking more like a winning gambler. And part of that is we're not going to play every game just because it's on the board. Just because Duke and Clemson are playing on Labor Day doesn't mean we're going to have a 10-star lock of the whatever. Now, from a service standpoint, from a sign-up standpoint, yeah. It would be a lot more profitable probably for me to go out and say, I love this game. Bet three to do what the other these mm-hmm. other people some of them do, and then just take my chances, understanding that even if I lost that game, there's going to be guys that over the next week to ten days are going to they'll they'll make excuses for that and say, well, it was just one game, it was weeks. Let's circle back. I like the guy enough to sign up one time. Let's sign up again. Those those will happen even if I lost, and if I was right, a ton more people would sign up, which would be good for them, much better for them than it would for me. But that's I'm not here to do that. I'm here to give the best games that I'm going to bet on to my clients through text or email, and that's it. So I get into this, this slimy area the minute I start rounding up on games that shouldn't be rounded up on or giving out games simply because there's nothing else on. That is not – that's a sleazy, slimy way to do things that is, at the very minimum, deceptive, and I'm not going to do that. So – um, 27 years in, there's benefits to that. If you're listening to a handicapper, it's been around for two years or three years or whatever, dude, call him in 10 years. See where he is in 10 years. All right. It does take time in this business. Um, it does take time in this world. There's a lot of people that today think they're a professional sports better 
that in a month or six months or a year will be selling cars or doing something else. Be doing anything other than sports betting. Because that because it is difficult to do long term, and there's very few of us that can go to FatJackSports.com, see what those exact plays, text, and email to you will do for your bottom line. All right, big game of the weekend: Alabama, Texas, at Alabama. Did we learn anything from either of these teams last week? I think not for Alabama so much. Um, we did kind of see you know the new quarterback and and what they're going to be able to do, but I don't think they showed even a, a tenth of their playbook. It was it was a pretty vanilla. Uh, look for uh, for Alabama both offensively defensively Texas struggled a little bit early um, but then finally kind of woke up and and was able to do things maybe that was just a case of the Longhorns looking ahead not showing Alabama too much because you know Nick Saban's grinding on that tape as we speak that said probably not Uh, but we're definitely going to find out a lot come uh, we're going to know a lot more about these teams come Sunday than we do right now so the game opens actually seven and a half at some of the books around the country uh, obviously Alabama favorite immediately some sharps came in and played Texas to seven and now I've driven it down to six and a half might even be lower by the weekend but you're getting some sharp money on Texas um, and that's not as much because of their makeup or what we saw in week one but because you're you're typically going to find value betting against Alabama mm-hmm. uh, in spots and, and by the way they Texas covered last year in this game should have won the game last year yeah if uh, if the kid doesn't uh, doesn't get hurt they they might have won that game convincingly yeah even if the kid doesn't jump off sides yeah on the, late in uh, the game yeah. late in the game on the field goal uh that texas may have turned yeah. yeah texas wins so uh there's at least last year in austin a lot more uh, competitive balance than what we saw at the end of the year i will i will caution people about this though i didn't i don't take a lot away from the final score in these first games it's more about how they got there especially in the first half because I went on. I go on Mad Dog Radio on, on a lot of Saturdays on uh, Sirius Radio, and this last Saturday there were a lot of games where teams were struggling in the first half, uh, including I think USC at the time. And Ohio State was sluggish in the first half. Yeah, exactly. And my only response to that was when I was asked by Rick Camel, who who's the host on Mad Dog on the, on the weekends, is you know let's let's wait as long as these teams do what they're supposed to do by the end of the game. Tennessee started out slow. Texas, as you mentioned, a lot of these teams, but then they got there at the end. And you're like, okay, so now do now are we worried? I mean, if they'd won by you know seven points, yeah. But if they draw off, does it really matter whether they're drawing off in the first couple of series or drawing off later? Because they're moving into things at their own pace. So try not to overreact to what how a team struggled in the first half or the final score. It's more about how they got there. Um, I think Texas is going to be good, but they they typically find a way to lose games they're not supposed to lose, and. Alabama, with a young quarterback, I just don't know. Just because it's the feature game and they have great names on the front of the jerseys, don't, I don't know that we should necessarily – that should be where we're focusing our money. If you have to pick the game against the number, who do you like? I, it's, it's hard for me to pick against Nick Saban, especially considering that Sarkeesian was an analyst and a coordinator under Nick Saban. So if anybody knows his tendencies, when it even come, when it comes down to, to our for, uh, formations or, or situations – Saban is like up there with Belichick in terms of tears of knowing what his guys on the other sideline are thinking from a talent perspective. I think these teams are probably closer than they've been in, in any time in the last decade. If this game was in November, I would un- probably be unloading on Alabama, but right now, Ooh, this is, this is a, a coin flip for me just because especially with that number, 
we we don't know what what's going to happen in in week two, but I because it's in Tuscaloosa, I would I would lean Alabama. And a lot of people that want to load up on this game probably should have a little PTSD to last year because a lot mm-hmm. of pe- everybody loved Alabama last year, myself also. included. Yeah, and those were just throwaway tickets at the end of the day. So uh, I'd be very very careful with this game. This is this is kind of a, a wait and see for me. Texas seven and three the last ten games overall. Uh, the total's gone over. For the last six Texas games on the road, so they're four and two to the over. And Alabama, of course, has won five straight at home. Not a lot in these two, and we know that, that Texas covered last year, but lost. So I would, I, I think there's better spots for sure. Uh, and yeah, it's not going to be the feature game of the evening, but there are some better spots to make money. I'll tell you another game in the college football, Brandon, that that has got me intrigued is the uh, Texas A and M Miami uh, Florida game. Yes. Miami wow. looked very good against Miami of Ohio in their opener, and at least for for a week, A and M didn't have the wheels fall off. It's coming, but it's just a question of when. And I don't know if uh, what that's gonna what that's gonna be this week. But I, I, from an athlete standpoint, Miami looked a lot better than we've seen them have in, in a long time. So who loses first, uh, Texas A and M, Texas, or Penn State? Any idea? I, mean, I know you'd have to look at the schedules, but three teams that typically figure out a way to lose games they're not supposed to when they're favorites. Which I wonder which of those, uh, you know, are either any of those teams going to find their way into the playoff? I mean, obviously Texas has the best chance with their, you know, with the conference. But um, you're right. I mean, you look at some of these teams you're like, okay, and I'll tell you, the coach down at Miami, everybody loves this dude. This mm-hmm. they feel like he's going to get it going. I will tell you this much. So if you're looking at that game, Miami two and ten against the spread their last twelve games. Oof. Two and ten. That's not good. All right, so th- this team underperforms a lot. Totals going under a ton in Texas A&M road games. Seventeen of the last twenty-four road games they go under. So, not probably not as exciting a game to watch as I do think this will be a lower-scoring game. Um, even though A&M's games overall have gone uh, over overall, but on road games they typically go under. Um, to answer do- your question, Penn State will be the last of those three to uh, to pick up a loss. They don't play anybody. Um, until Ohio State in uh, in mid October, uh, so very winnable schedule at least for Penn State uh, in the first half of the season. Well, so that's got teams like that's got you know a team like A and M winning here at least, and this is not a get, a layup for sure. No, I mean they're uh, definitely early in the year, uh, tough non conference opponent. I mean it's it's one of those games definitely to watch. I will tell you this: this will be a it's one of those games that'll be a better win for. Um, for Texas A&M, if they go on the road and win at Miami, uh, then I think the general public would would believe uh, at initial thought. A&M, this game opens seven and a half down to four and a half, so Sharp's coming in on Miami um, for sure. Um, go to FatJackSports.com, guys, if you're going to be betting the games this weekend. Get signed up and start winning. If you were one of those that uh, played the best teams and one just because they were the best teams, and you're probably going to end up losing this week. So be real careful, and most importantly, get consistent plays. Even if you like playing your own stuff earlier in the year, that's fine. I'll help offset that with a good quality selections. Uh, text your cell phone or email to you that will get you into profit for less than 100 bucks a week. Um, bad beat of the week last week, Brandon. We talked about having a feature, bad beat of the week. You got a bad beat of the week? I got one that was just maybe the be- worst It'll be one of the worst beats we'll have probably for the next month or so. You got you got a bad beat last week? I, I don't have a bad beat, but if you listen to the podcast version of the show, we're going to talk about the uh, the biggest upset win of the weekend, if anybody will beat that this year. But but uh, I, I missed the bad beat train this week, luckily. Well, yeah, we, we, stay, we steer clear of it, which was nice. But without a doubt, the worst beat of the entire week in week one, and we're going to try to point these out 
each week because a lot of people will get on these things. And this one what probably didn't have a lot of general public money was absolutely Penn State minus 21 against West Virginia. Mm. Penn State's up 15 with 10 seconds to go. West Virginia, and, and they're on the six-yard line going in. And instead of kneeling down, which most teams would do, they and we saw another one of these with the total last uh, on uh, Sunday night went over late with just a meaningless nothing. They didn't kneel down late either. They ran it in, but this one was a double bad beat because it would send not only Penn State went from being up fifteen to being up twenty two, but they also the total went over. Oh wow! So it swung everything on a meaningless half effort dive play from the six-yard line, and as they crossed the, the goal line, there were six seconds left. I mean, they just get tackled or kneel, the game is over. It was absolutely meaningless. So that, um, that to me, either says that they don't know anything about the sports, you know, the sports betting. They don't care about the line or that they absolutely do know about the line. And how is that not the first question to, to Franklin after the, <laughs> after the post game? You're like, hey, congratulations on the win. Why the hell did you go for it late? Yeah. How, let's talk about the cover for a minute. <laughs> what what went into your thought process to not kneeling down like a normal person, like a normal team would do? And by the way, I had no side of either side of this. Right, I right. I any effort. I don't care. But it would be nice to get some insight into some, at least get these coaches on the record for the well. We're not ever going to let up. We're always going because if I see James Franklin kneel down coming up over the next month. I might lose my mind if I had lost ten thousand dollars on West Virginia plus the points or something. Because all I want to know is why are you – if you're not paying attention to the line, why are you doing that? There's no other reason to be going for it in that situation unless, unless you're concerned about the line or the or, the or unless you're always going to go – you're never kneeling right. down. You don't care – because this game was out of hand. Everything was, was out of hand. Unless you're you're one of those co- – and if that's your, that's your situation, absolutely go for that. I don't care. I'm not telling you to kneel down. I grew up with Barry Switzer being the coach. You want to – and Billy Tubbs, frankly, for that matter. Well, if you want to be close, play better. You don't want to get beat by eighty, then score score ten. You know if what I mean? State, score. Yeah, if Penn State's up eighty four to nothing on Delaware this weekend, and they and they take a knee, I'm going to have questions. Yeah, I mean, I want and I want Franklin to be asked about that. Same thing with with uh, Florida State running a jet sweep late in that game to put it over. I, I listen. I'm not accusing or saying they know the line and care about the line. All I want them is to pick a lane. I want to know going in what to expect. Either I'm going to show sportsmanship, and when I have a game in hand and there's 10 seconds left, I'm going to kneel down on the five because I'm showing that sportsmanship, or I'm the type of coach that has the type of team that says, we don't ever going to kneel down. We practice too hard to kneel down. I want my freshman running back to have a chance to run in the end zone and score. I'm okay with either one. I just don't want both. I want consistency is what just I want. Just one or the other. So I hope I hope somebody up there is keeping him accountable. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed a news story. Stop what you're doing and listen. We're tracking the biggest news that is moving lines and impacting sports betting this week. And now, here is Brandon Rush. So, Jack, Texas State beat Baylor as a 27-point underdog. They were 17-1 to on the money line in uh, a 27-point underdog that won outright the largest uh college football underdog winner since kansas beat texas uh, a couple years ago in austin and texas state another situation kind of like colorado they brought in i think 56 kids that were not on the roster last year just a bunch of guys transferring in is this the future of of what college football is going to be especially for these mid-level teams that really haven't done a lot that they just they just 
clean house, bring bring in a bunch of new kids, and then all of a sudden they're they're competitive at least. Yeah, I think the transfer portal's done that. And from a line standpoint, you're only going to get this early in the year because obviously mm-hmm. after they do this once, you understand what you have on the roster, and that's the key. Is that we talked about going into last week? A lot of people would be guessing on what they're going to be betting on because they don't know who's playing. There's so much turnover now, and it's not just when you know, Deion Sanders is kind of the extreme. There's the door. If you're on scholarship, we probably don't need you. That is the extreme. What happens at most of these schools, and it's not just the mid-majors, it's it's anybody outside the top 15. The grass is always greener, and it doesn't have to always go up. So you have teams, you have players that play like at Iowa or uh, even like Utah State or U, U, uh, UCLA that are at good, decent programs, but they're not starting. And so they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to go play for Fresno State or Boise or uh, North Texas because I want to get on the field. So that's going to bolster them. And then you'll have those guys that play on that same group tier of teams that were highly, pretty highly recruited out of high school that maybe started better like, you know what, I need to win some games. I'm trying to play in the league. I better go to Michigan or go to Ohio State. We're seeing it more in basketball and certainly in some of the, the lower sports. You know, Oklahoma in girls softball had a – Big story about this where they had you know the literally the pitcher player of the year transfer back to to uh, uh, Nebraska, Nebraska for other yeah. for other reasons other than softball. So you're getting that to and, and by the way Oklahoma will go out and get the player of the year in the Pac-12 in softball right. and the best player in these other conferences say here come to us we are more powerful in our sport than Alabama and Georgia are in college football we can put you in a situation you're most likely going to win the national title. Yes, that's the norm. And yes, that's going to keep happening. From a line standpoint, though, you've got to take advantage of it in these first couple of weeks, and that's super difficult to identify. Week one of the NFL always kind of gives at least maybe one head-scratcher. Is there one game or one team out there that you don't feel – I'll ask this. Is there an NFL team right now that you don't really have a feel for as to what they're going to look like on the field as it compares to the number? Yeah, I mean, I think the Cleveland Browns – are my um, absolutely the the team for me that's puzzling. Their win total on the season's up to nine, nine and a half. Um, it was ten for a while. They have a quarterback that is against no string attached massages, and basically is going to try to get full massages no matter where he is. Uh, you know, he literally needs to be in a strip mall in the south side somewhere, and he's trying to do this in general. He didn't play. He had his lowest QB rating of the of his entire career last year at an organization that is a quarterback killer not a quarterback developer. Mm. Who's the last good quarterback Cleveland even had? Bernie Kosar? Um, I mean, you start running through the – I mean, you've seen the the picture of the jersey where it was like Tim Couch and then and then Johnny Manziel, and it was like 26 names deep. Kosar probably is the last to, to at least be able to be effective, although Baker did take him to a playoff game. When Bernie Kosar was quarterback, I had a mullet, I think. I mean – the, the, this team and yeah, Baker Mayfield. If you want to, if if he is the if he's the, the level ceiling? of success, is he the success that Cleveland's doing with quarterbacks? I mean, he's the he's the he's the he's the best quarterback season that they've had in twenty years. So I'm so what I'm saying is that this team is notorious for for killing quarterbacks. I think that Deshaun Watson is a lot more fragile than Baker Mayfield and some of the other guys you just listed off as far as a mental where his mentally uh, mental mm-hmm. sta- uh, game is right now. And how they're going to win, I don't know how they're going to win 10 games. They're in a really difficult division with much better coaches, much better teams. They've got Baltimore to deal with. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Tomlin hasn't had a losing record in his entire career there. 
And so then Cincinnati just went to a Super Bowl in an AFC Championship game. Thank you. They're so how's this good. team going to win? So, yeah, they're the head scratcher. How are they going to win 10 games? Now, if they do, I'll be the first sitter and say, yeah, you know what? I was wrong about their quarterback because a lot of the other components of that team are very good. But and that's why the number's so high. But we this is a league you've got to have good quarterback player. You're not going to beat anybody. So they're they're the one for me. What about you? Anybody in particular? I really don't understand the uh, what the what the Raiders are going to look like this year with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm because again they lost Darren Waller. I think that's going to be the biggest piece to the Raiders' success this year. It's not going to be Derek Carr being gone. It's Darren Waller. That guy was an absolute threat. In the passing game, I don't care if Hunter Renfro is healthy. I don't care if Josh Jacobs is healthy. I don't understand what that team's going to be, and I really dislike Josh McDaniels. So for me, that's I'm a little bit biased, but I, I really can't put a put a, uh, a a letter grade on them right now just because I don't know what to expect. Same with New Orleans. What is well, what do they have from a receiving core standpoint? The standpoint that makes you think that they're going to be competitive. Bringing back Jimmy Graham is that the answer? I don't I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this, Las Vegas, before Arizona started doing their their routine they're doing, was the lowest power-rated team in the NFL by the line setters in Las Vegas if they did not have Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So if he's out, to your point, the rest of this team is really, really weak. And so if he gets hurt, they're another one. If you're going to play a win total, you have to go under based on Jimmy G might be great. He might just be a pretty good-looking dude that's an okay quarterback. Yeah. And he might be a, a quarterback who's a lot better on a really, really good team with a really, really good coach. You know, his think about his, where he's come from. I mean, Jimmy G's come from some of the best, best coaches and best organizations in the league. Now he's going to have to carry more of that load. And at least from the line setters are saying he's not uh, equipped to do that. Uh, he can. And, and, he could probably be also to a little bit more under the radar in Foxborough and in Santa Clara than he can be in Vegas. Exactly right. Yeah, this is a uh, win now uh, city. And they're used to winning. A hockey team continues to get, yep. it, get it done. And so they don't have a lot of pieces around him. So interesting year on both those teams. You're right. I think New Orleans could be decent for sure. I put New Orleans and Atlanta kind of in the same little power-rated area uh, in that they both could do really well. Both could win four games. It wouldn't just totally surprise me. And that so. division's completely wide open. <laughs> exactly. Uh, finally, uh, Monday night, uh, Bills-Jets. It's going to be weird to see Aaron Rodgers in, in that shade of green. I'm super excited about it, though. I, I really, you know, whether he's great or horrible, there's going to be great storyline. And you want to talk about a city that you can't show up and play bad? Yes. I mean, Green Bay will will hold your hand and give you a hug and say, yeah, that was it's okay. You'll get him next time. The Jets are going to be like, what the hell did we pay for? And <laughs> yeah. if he plays The first bad, time Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, which he doesn't do, there will yeah. be some dude in the 17th row of the upper level in the end zone, just dog-cussing Aaron Rodgers. But he's also the type of guy that I do think he's rejuvenated. I do yep. think that he's refocused, and he's one of the most dangerous, good best quarterbacks of our entire generation. So I'm super, super excited about that game. That is my favorite, not from a gambling standpoint, but from a watching standpoint of week one, that is absolutely must-see TV for me. For me, it's, it's that game followed closely by Dolphins-Chargers just because – Young quarterbacks, young coordinators who who like to take chances. That's going to be, a, from a watchability standpoint, that's going to be a fantastic game. On a lot of great games, and uh, NFL season is here. I'm excited about it. Let's make some money. Have a great week. Get signed up at FatJackSports.com. It's less than 100 bucks a week. A huge, huge weekend of football coming up. You're, most of you are going to be betting college and the NFL. Very tough sledding for a lot of you. We won a lot of money in both last year. Get signed up today. Wager responsibly. Don't drink and drive until next week. For Brandon the Fat Jack, this has been Fat Jack Sports Hour.
You're listening to the Fat Jack Sports Hour. Call 1-800-298-1383 or the simplest thing. Log on to FatJackSports.com and get ready to win. Hey, this is the Fat Jack, and the NFL kicks off this week. Did you bet on the games last week? How did you do? My clients and I won in every sport last Saturday. Free baseball, UFC, and, of course, football, all making money for myself and my clients. Go to FatJackSports.com before the NFL season gets underway and make money with quality selections. Text to your cell phone or email to you that will get you into profit this weekend. Disciplined and consistent winning selections will turn a profit for you. Go to FatJackSports.com to win.